sunshine or rain. The Lord I know ruleth o'er everything, and all of my worry is vain. Living by faith in Jesus above, trusting, confiding in His great love. From all harm safe in His sheltering I'm living by faith and feel no alarm. Good morning. This morning I want to talk to you about trusting God even when you don't understand. As we get going this morning, I want to thank you for being here. If you're visiting, thank you so much for joining us this hour. You're our honored guest. In front of you, you'll find a blue card. If you haven't done so, please fill that out. That's just so that we can get to know you and you can get to know us a little bit. In the back, there's a couple boxes. You can stick them in there or give them to me at the end of the service or one of the other men, and we'll be sure to get it where it needs to go. If you would, bow with me, and we'll get started in our message. Father, as we break open your word this morning, I pray that you break our hearts. I pray, Father, for me as a speaker. I pray that I can... Give your message, Father. I pray that your glory is, we give you all the glory in all things. I pray this morning that if there are those here in the crowd, in the audience, Father, those who are watching, who hear your words being spoken, I pray that their hearts are pricked. I pray that they come to know you. I pray that things in their life are missed or made right. In Jesus' name, amen. It's easy oftentimes to trust God when things are going good. When we go through life and we're going through, through our emotions and things are going the way in our minds they, they're supposed to go, it's oftentimes easy to trust and obey in God and follow his commandments. It's oftentimes when we don't understand why something is happening. When we go through a season in life and we don't understand where we're going, we don't understand why we're going this way. Why did this happen, Lord? Why did this take place? Trusting God even when we don't understand in the moment. In Genesis chapter 6, we have an account of a story that each one of us in this room are fairly familiar with, and I'm confident, in Noah and the ark. And in this story, we are told that God came to Noah and said, Noah, here's what I want you to do. I want you and your family to build this ark, to build this ship. And this ship isn't just going to be a little canoe or a little kayak. No, I want it to be a certain length, and I want it to be a certain height. I want it to have the doors. I want it to have these kind of stories. I want it to be made out of this wood, and the specifics were, 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 were something that, that had to be followed to the T. Now, it would have been real easy for Noah to say, why am I building this ark? And, and the, Lord, the Lord said, well, because I'm going to flood the earth, because I'm going, there's so much corruption, I'm going to flood the earth, and rain's going to fall from the sky, and unless you're on this ship, the ship's going to help you get to safety. Wait a minute, Lord, hold on. You're telling me that water's going to fall from the sky, because at this point, the mist and the stream's been, been taking care of our plants and our, our vegetation, so you're telling me now that rain is going to fall from the sky, and so much water, so much rain is going to consume this earth that it's going to be completely covered, and that if I don't build this ship exactly to your specs, we're going to all die. 
We often read Noah and the ark with the phrases of, thus did Noah all that the Lord commanded him. And that's correct. But look at it from a human mindset as what we would say. If the Lord came to us and said, hey, I want you to build an ark because here's what's going to happen. How many of you in this room have seen a worldwide flood before? It'd be easy if, it'd be not easy, but it would be difficult, excuse me, to trust and to obey. And I think sometimes we look at the situation and we look and say, no, if the Lord told me, but we don't see the water. We don't see the flooding. And when we look at Noah and the ark, they were not skilled shipmakers. They were not skilled in this type of work. And so it, the excuses could have been added up and wrapped up so many times to the point to where Noah could have said, you know what, Lord, yeah, you did say to trust you. You did say to obey you, but I, I really don't understand. I really don't, I can't comprehend this, Lord. I ask you a question when we apply this to our lives. In seasons that you go through, oftentimes we may not understand the end result. We may not understand the outcome. But could it be said about us, thus did Jake all that the Lord commanded him. Thus did your name all that the Lord commanded you. When we go through these different seasons, we're not going to always understand the outcome. We're not going to always understand where we're going. But the Lord says, trust in me. Have faith in me. Do not lean on your own understandings. I'll guide your steps. Just trust in me. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, we have a story of a widower who lost her husband, and she comes and, and she goes to the prophet and says, Prophet, they're coming. The debtors are coming to take my two children. What do you, he says, what do you want me to do? She said, I'm going to lose my children. I have nothing. I have no, nothing of gain. I can't sell anything. This could have been a moment where she could have literally sat down and played the pity party, maybe said, oh, all the cards were dealt negatively to me. I don't have anything. He said, let me ask you a question. What do you have? She said, well, I have a little jar of oil. He said, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you and your sons to go to your neighbors, and I want you to pick and, and ask for as many jars as you can. Don't get a little bit of them. Don't get just a few. Get a lot of, of jars. Now, I want you to get those jars and come back here, and then you're going to go into your house, and you're going to shut the door. When she got back and she had the jars, her and her two sons went in the room, and they shut the door. The Scripture says that she took that little jar of oil. Church, listen, this is where my human logic would have shut me off, because I understand one plus one equals two. But if I have a little jar of oil, and I have however many empty, bigger vases, my mind cannot comprehend how I'm going to fill all of these empty vases off of a little bit of oil. But he says, I want you to go in and shut the door, and here's what happens. The scripture goes on to talk about how she took that little jar of oil and she began pouring it into the vase and it would fill. And she went to the next one and it would fill. And she did that down the line until she looked at her son and she said, give me another vase. They said, we don't have any more. And then the scripture says the oil ran dry. She went to the prophet and said, okay, it's filled. What do I do now? And he said, I want you to take the oil, go into the market and sell it and pay off your debts. Let me ask you a question. What would have happened if her human logic kicked in and she said, this doesn't make sense. 
I don't understand what you're asking me to do here. My mind doesn't work this way. I have a little jar of oil. I can't make it into multiple of the big jars. Here's what I want us to remember. Sometimes the Lord has a way that we cannot see. The Lord will make a path that we did not see. There's a reason why in our scripture reading this morning, he said, do not lean on your own understanding. Because too many times our human minds want to rationalize and say it's not possible. Well, the Bible says with God, all things are possible. And where we cannot see a way, the Lord says, I'll make a way. Where we think that there's the road's a dead end, and, and just in this situation in 2 Kings, she could have easily have said, all the cards were dealt negatively, negative to, I cannot say that word this morning, negative in my place. Let me just say that. Negative, and in, 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 in I could have sat here, and I could have cried, and I could have lost my sons. I could have lost my home. I could have lost everything. But she trusted. And the Lord made a way where she could not see a way. In John chapter 13, verses 1 through 20, this is the account where Jesus is at the feast of the Passover, and he's with his disciples. And when he comes to his disciples, he, the, the, the scripture says that he... The devil laid on the heart of Judas Iscariot to betray Jesus, and they're coming here together. Jesus just got done saying, hey, my hour has come. The scripture goes on to talk about how Jesus took a towel and he girded himself. He got down on his knees and he began to wash the disciples' feet. Peter looked at Jesus and said, what are you doing? Jesus replies with this statement. He says, what I am doing now you do not understand, but one day you will understand. He went on to talk about how he was leaving an example and things of that nature. He says, I'm going. They're coming to get me. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to the cross. I spent three years with you. This is common knowledge. We should know this. He says, I'm going to leave you. When he made the statement of I'm going to leave, I'm going to to, to go and prepare a place for you. They didn't understand what was happening because they made the comment, we want to go with you. Jesus says, you can't go with me. These men must have been upset and confused because they spent, imagine spending three years with someone, learning from him, spending every day with him, and then him saying, I got to go. Naturally, you're going to want to say, I don't know everything. Hold on, I don't know everything I need to know. You can't leave us like this. You can't go. What do you mean? You said you weren't going to leave. How are you leaving? Jesus says, you don't understand, but one day you will understand. In John chapter 14, a couple, uh, one verse over, one chapter over, excuse me. In the first part of that text in chapter 1, uh, verse 1, excuse me, of chapter 14, he says, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be upset. If you believe in God, believe also in me. He says, listen, in my father's houses, there are many mansions. If this were not so, I would have told you that i got to go and prepare a place for you. And if I'm going to go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come again. And I'm going to receive you unto my own. That way where I am, you can be also. One day you will understand. You see, when we look at our life, we look at seasons. And oftentimes we, we, look, at, we look at situations and we say, I don't understand why this is happening. Have you ever been in a situation in your life, you've been through a season, you've been through a trial. In that moment, in that trial, you did not understand why it was you were going through that. Only it was until maybe years later that you finally looked back and said, you know what, if I didn't go through that, I would not be prepared for what is happening now. 
if I did not experience this in my life, I would not have been ready, prepared. My faith would not have been strengthened. Whatever the case was, because then in that moment, we can often say the same thing. And at, at this time, I don't understand. But one day, I will understand. I asked Sister Dawn Grisham if I could borrow some pictures she put on Facebook. I don't know if you can tell from the pictures, but those are puzzles. I don't understand. My brain don't comprehend it. I can't, I can't fathom this. You know, my, my kind of puzzle pieces are like in the, the cry room, you know, the real big ones, and I got to make it fit in there. But these are, these are puzzles that, that Sister Dawn likes to put together. I said, can I use them in my sermon? I want to use it for something. She said, absolutely. And, and this is some, some sort of talent that, that blows my mind. Anna and the kids and I oftentimes will go to Pigeon Forge or Gatlinburg, and when you go down there, you'll see shops where they sell puzzles. And I walk in, and we'll walk in, and I mean, I, I must think that I have the talent that she has because I'll buy some, some puzzles, and I'm convinced I'm going to put this puzzle together. And what I do is I then go home, and I open up that puzzle, and I flip open the pieces. I start working on the border. That's the easy part. You, get, you, you just got to find the corner, right? I start working down that puzzle. I start turning it, and I'm like, this is all right. This is what it's talking about. Ann and the kids are handing me colors and pieces. We're putting it in. I get to a piece. Every single time I do a puzzle, I get to a piece that I am so confident I know where it goes. I mean, I'm arguing with the box, and I'm like, no, this piece goes here. And I turn that piece every which way, and I turn it and move it, and I'm like, I'm biting the corners off of it, and I'm like, no, it's going to go here. And then, I, and then I get so frustrated with that little puzzle that I'm like, the manufacturer made a mistake. Anna's like, the manufacturer made a mistake. I'm like, yes, this is a mistake. The manufacturer messed up. I'm leaving. So I'll go outside. I'll go work on something in the yard, and it never fails. I walk back in. It may be a couple weeks later. It may be, I come home during this transition. I'm saying I realize a puzzle in a couple weeks later. Let me say that. Jay gets mad at a puzzle at least for two weeks. No. I'm saying it may be a couple weeks before I look at that puzzle again. And I look down at that kitchen table, and Anna would have found the proper piece for there that I was so convinced I had. Not only did that piece fit, but then the bigger picture started to show. And as much as I tried to put what I thought went there, I was wrong. And the manufacturer didn't make a defect. I was messed up. I'm the one that was convinced. And I look at that piece and I'm like, yeah, you know what? That is where that one goes. Now I can see the bigger picture. The manufacturer wasn't wrong. And sometimes in my life, and I hope this maybe does apply to you too, I'm confident it may does, this is the way I feel my life is, where I have all these puzzle pieces, and I am so convinced this goes there or it doesn't go there. Here's what I mean. If you go through this life, things are going to happen. And sometimes we may look at this and say, you know what, this divorce was not supposed to happen. This anxiety was not part of the puzzle. This depression, this addiction, this you fill in the blank was not supposed to be part of my plan. God said, hold on, hold on. Trust when you don't understand, and I'm going to show you the bigger picture. 
the peace goes here. This is where the peace goes. And sometimes I get so convinced that certainly, certainly, this job loss ain't supposed to happen to me. Certainly this death wasn't supposed to happen. Certainly this wasn't supposed to take place like this. Question, church, do we trust God when these seasons come and we don't understand? When we look at our life, we look at the puzzle pieces. And we may look and we may look at this and say, I will make that fit because that's part of my plan. God says, don't think my, you don't think my way. You don't think the way that I think. You think natural. I think supernatural. You don't, you think with human logic. I think with God's logic. I, you, you can't even think of the things that I've got prepared for you in your life. You can't even comprehend the path that I'm taking you down. Trust in me. Learn from me. I'm going to guide you to places that you never dreamed of. Trusting in God even when we don't understand. In Mark chapter 14, we come to the end. Mark chapter 15, excuse me. We come to the end of Jesus' life. He goes to the cross and he's standing there. He's being betrayed. He's being, he's being beaten. People are spitting at him, calling him names. They take him up to the cross and they lay him down. And as they pierce his hands and they pierce his feet, they're mocking him. Laughing. And Jesus, as he's hanging there, says a phrase. He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them. They don't understand. You don't understand now, but one day you are going to understand. When you think of the crucifixion, we think about Jesus. There's a song that's, that, I, maybe from the 90s, maybe a little bit sooner, I'm not sure, by Sawyer Brown. It's called They Don't Understand. If you haven't heard the song, just go listen to it. It's a great song. But at the end, he talks about a man hanging on a wooden cross, dying for all the loss. And he goes on to talk about everyone's so busy with their lives, so busy with their own thoughts and their own problems, that they haven't stopped to take a minute and realize what is happening right before their eyes. He says, some just don't understand. Each one of us in this life if you haven't gone through a season buckle up you're going to it's just part of life if you're going through a season now maybe you just came out of one trusting in God when we don't understand it would be easy to see where I was going during a trial it would be easy to see the end result of whatever it is I'm going through, but what would I need faith for? If I could see it, if I fully understood, if I fully comprehend it, in the moment it might not seem fair. 
In the moment, it might seem like this wasn't part of your puzzle piece. In the moment, it might be really hard to trust. But I want to encourage you this morning that when you are going through these trials, when you are going through these seasons, when you are going through these temptations, whatever it is that you are being burdened with in your life, to continually trust God and do not lean on your own understanding. The world says, give up. God says, hang on. The world says, hey, go over here. They're going to tell you what you want to hear. God says, open my word and read what I have prepared for your life. Just like Noah and the widower, the disciples, Jesus, it'd be easy when everyone around us is not obeying God to fall into that path. What's hard is to trust when no one else is trusting. What's hard is to obey when no one else is obeying. Jesus says, you be different. You be peculiar. Because you're special. Jesus says, there's a reason why the path to righteousness is narrow, but the destruction is wide. Because it's easy to follow a wide path. It's easy to follow the crowd. This morning, you may, be, you, you may be thinking, you know what? There's trials. There's seasons. And when I look at my life, when I look at, at, at the moment, the trust, I need prayers just because I need help. Here's the truth. I was talking to someone the other day uh, in, in, in the class back here. And the individual was talking about how he was going through something, and he said, I was talking to... And it was someone secular. And after discussing this for a moment, I said, why don't we, why don't we talk, talk about this? Because this is something that, that we need to pray with each other about, to help each other, to encourage each other. Myself included, too many times I hide what I'm going through. Too many times I try to mask or I try to say everything's okay. I'm trusting. I'm putting it on. In reality, church, listen. In reality, there's too many of us, myself included, who put on this, this mask and say everything's all right. But get out, we fall apart. This is a place, this is the building that we are to fall apart. This is the place and this is the building where we need to come together with each other and encourage one another and lift each other up before God. Years ago, I, I, I went back and was talking to someone about how the invitation was given years ago, and I didn't know this, and if this isn't completely correct, please let me know, but they said that, you know, it used to be just for those that wanted to be baptized. That's what the invitation was for. Then years later, it was... It was, I need prayers, and then it kind of transitioned from there. And I was talking, and I said, well, I said, uh, you know, obviously we can open the baptistry whenever, and we can pray whenever. And I started thinking, I said, you know, I said, I, 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 I myself included, too many times I have allowed myself, too many times I've allowed myself to, to withstand, not respond, not, not give my, not, not talk to Jesus, not tell the church what's going on, because Here's the truth. I don't want someone to say, I wonder what he did wrong. I just needed prayers. 
But sometimes the mindset naturally goes to what did he do wrong or what did she do wrong. Listen, you didn't have to do anything wrong. Maybe you just need to pray. Maybe you just need a hug. Maybe this morning you're here and you say, you know what, I haven't trusted in Jesus. I haven't given my life to him. I haven't obeyed his commandments. The Lord went to the cross. He died for me. I'm one of them right now that just didn't understand, but now I want to understand. I want to come to know him. I want to give my life to him. He says, by hearing the word, by believing it, repenting of your sins, confessing his name, being fully immersed in water, rising in a new creature, having your sins washed away. If you're here and you need prayers, encouragement, upliftment, we're here to ready to assist you. We want to help you in any way that we can. At the end of this life, the goal is for each one of us to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. It's a hard life, but it's easy when we have each other helping us get there. We can help you this morning. Let it be known right now. Together we stand and while we sing. Go speed.